Welcome back to Fez Talks. I, of course, am your host, Fez. On today's episode, we're going to take a trip back through time to the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s to listen to the soundtrack of our childhood, especially if you lived in the metro New York area and loved sports. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Mike and the Mad Dog, Sports Radio 66, WFAN. They're talking sports, going at it as hard as they can. It's Mike and the Mad Dog on the fan. Day started on the fan, two to seven in the early days and one to six thirty later on, with Mike Francesa and Christopher Mad Dog Russo, beginning September fifth, nineteen eighty nine to August fifteenth, two thousand and eight. Mike and the Dog created what we know as sports radio, inspiring so many shows like the Michael K Show on over on ESPN Radio, or specific to the fan. Boomer and Carton, now Boomer and Geo in the mornings. Joe and Evan in the middays, now Carton and Roberts in the afternoon drive. And solo artists like John Jastrzemski, JJ After Dark, and Steve Summers, the schmoozer, in the overnights. So before we get into the big nuts and bolts of this episode, I wanted to explain the beginnings of Mike and Chris. According to Francesa, we had a tough beginning, it was a shotgun marriage, we didn't get along very well, and we were kind of thrown together, although I think the thing that changed everything was how quickly the ratings were off the charts. By spring, nine months into the show, we were number one, and number one in a big way, and we realized that no matter what we did, we weren't going to get away from each other. To put this story into perspective, uh... At the time, WFAN was like a year or so into its infancy, and uh, a lot of the hosts were not New York people. Like, Greg Gumbel was on the fan, and Pete Franklin was also on the fan, who was doing the afternoon drive. Um, Mark Mason, the program director, floated the idea of pairing Francesa and Russo, and the station thought it was a crazy idea because there were no names at the time. Uh, Russo came from doing hosting in no nobody places, and Francesa was an analyst for CBS Sports. But because they were so popular on the weekends by themselves, and then with Don Imus, with Imus in the morning, they decided to pair the two together. And the show was dubbed Mike and the Mad Dog. Mad Dog being... Chris Russo's nickname given to him by radio and television critic Bob Raceman, who said that Chris Russo's approach reminded him of a professional wrestler named Maurice Vachon, who was also known as the Mad Dog. And both Mike and Mad Dog credit Don Imus for making the pairing possible. Um, 
Francesa said, uh, without Imus, there'll be no Mike and the Mad Dog. There's no FAN. I'm telling you, there's no format. Dog and I came through the toughest school there is. The Imus School of Radio. And Dog said, Imus was very, very important to the development of FAN. He solved a lot of problems for the company. To go back to that point, Don Imus was the first cog in the lineup for WFAN to get its reverse news streams up. Don Imus in the morning and Mike and the Mad Dog in the afternoon drive. Hi, we would like to welcome now to the Imus Morning Program Mike Francesa and Chris Russo, Mike right. and the Mad Dog, who, yeah. who conduct a um, sports talk show on WFAN here in New York, and it is the... Uh, it is the single most successful sports talk show in the country. The premier, That's the, fair to say that, isn't it? The premier entity in that area. And it's the number one program here in... Uh, Boy, he's sucking, us, he's sucking up to us, isn't he, Mike? Please be quiet. Let me finish wait, my wait introduction here. <laughs> wait a warm up. Uh, and uh, at one time, they both did Breen's job on this program, right? Mm -hmm. They both did sports. And then uh, somebody decided to put them together. And they called them uh, and they called them Mike and the, and the Mad Dog. Because Mad Dog is his nickname that yeah. Russo has. It was given to him by Bob Raceman of the New York Daily News. Didn't, that, didn't he the guy who named you that? And, of course, promoted by you. Or please don't suck up to me. So Don, we no. both started on your program. You're you the are one responsible for this program. Absolutely. And Mike used to be an analyst on CBS television. Very good one. On long drives, even just heading into the Bronx to see my grandparents as a kid or the long drive to go to West Virginia to see my uncle in West Virginia, uh, WFAN has been and still is my companion, though the players have changed a bit. Back when I was growing up, in the morning, it was Don Imus with Imus in the Morning, which you heard in the last clip. And I also rarely ever heard him or whoever was doing the midday until I was in high school, which became Boomer and Carton in the morning after Don Imus was fired for his comments on the Rutgers women's basketball team, and then Joe and Evan in the middays. The afternoon drive, despite the sports, was always a great show with such chemistry. Mike and Chris were my whole childhood in the car growing up with Mike complaining that Dog doesn't understand certain things, thinking himself, even now, as the authority on all things sports, the Don of sports, as some people have called him, and uh, Mad Dog being the wacky, exuberant person with the weird voice. Some have dubbed him Daffy Duck on steroids, because in the early shows, you kind of needed a translator to understand Dog when he was into one of his rants. This next rant is one from 2003, just after his San Francisco Giants disappointed him yet again. It's one of the more epic rants and moments in Mike and the Mad Dog history. Think about this for a second if you're a Giant fan. Just put yourself in my shoes. The Florida Marlins have been in existence for 10 years, and now they're having this magical run again, and both times at the expense of the Giants. Yep. I mean, why waste my time? I mean, how many, when am I ever going to have a chance to win a lousy freaking champion? What time? Not 20. One lousy time. Gee whiz. Ah, oh, come on. Will you please? 
please? Can you beat the Florida Marlins one time? Every, I don't care how many books they write, how many Marconis, I don't care. Win one. I'll give it all back. I'll leave now. Why? That's all I want is one. Oh, no. I'm not getting any younger. I'm not as old as Mike, but I'm not getting any younger. Okay, out of my system. All right, we'll come back. It's moments like this that typified Mike and the Mad Dog. Whether it's rants by Mike and Dog, the heated discussions that they had, or the amazing interviews that they had gotten over the years. And I'm kind of biased because a lot of the my favorite interviews come from the Knicks and the Yankees. When Pat Riley was the head coach and the GM of the Knicks, or... You know, this was during the championship run of the New York Yankees from 96 to 2000. And Dog was always complaining about how we're spoiled Yankee fans. And you had interviews with like Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, Joe Torre, Jorge Posada, uh, Andy Pettit, those types of people. And uh, there's nothing to me like that. Those are just some of the personal reasons why I loved Mike and the Mad Dog. But at the height of their popularity during the 90s, they were the most influential duo in New York sports. You know, they could get any co- any of the coaches that they wanted for their show. And in fact, you're about to hear a story of how they affected change in one of the local sports teams. Anytime you ever heard a GM or an owner say that they didn't listen to Mike and Chris, they were lying because they always were listening to Mike and Chris. You got Piazza to come to the Mets. I don't care what anybody that says. That is a true story. That, that, that really is. You a, got Piazza that to come to the Mets. And I can tell you honestly, and I can even give you the background, and that story has never been fully told. The true story is, and Dog will tell you, we were in, on Thursday, we were in the, just getting ready to start the show. Piazza's agent calls up and asks to talk to us. And he says, Mike's going to the Cubs tomorrow, but he wants to go to the Mets. Can you do anything about that? Wow. And I said, I can relay the message. <laughs> so we relay the message. We call up the Mets. Steve Phillips comes on our show and says, under no circumstances are we interested in Mike Piazza. We will not get him. We have no interest. So after he leaves, Dog and I go off on a tangent. The building's empty. I drove by it the other Push night. Husky, you know, There's no, 13,000 people. <laughs> These idiots won't fill the stadium. What are they, nuts? This guy wants to come to New York. So we went off. On Nelson Doubleday was driving to the stadium. He went into the meeting, called the meeting, and said, I just listened to them on the radio. They're right. Get Piazza. And next oh. thing you know, and he was the next kidding. thing, Piazza, the next morning, was on his way to New York. Uh, Another thing that made Mike and the Mad Dog was all their callers. Just like any show today, you call in, you got your callers and you got your listeners. Your listeners is your audience, and the callers want to perform for the listeners and for the hosts. And Mike and Chris had a a bunch of doozies in their time. Uh, Here is Joe in Brookfield, Connecticut. Joe, what's going on? Guys, try to hang with me here for a second because yeah. I want to school you on something. Uh, you want to do what? I want to school you on something. School us. Oh, okay. Let's go, go back to a caller you had a little while ago. Yeah. You guys are the number one sports station because you make the phones light up, correct? That's not the only reason, but okay. You, you guys remember Alan Burke? 
Yeah, he was a talk show host. Radio got... station, people hated him. It has nothing to do with you guys being liked or hated that you're the number one show. Do you understand that? Okay, I mean, what can we, well, what's the point, yes, Jay? You got to living out of bashing New York teams. That's why your ratings are up. That's well, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true. true. That's, that's not true. It has true. nothing to do with you guys being that's, liked. That's, that's I want not, you to understand that. No, wait a second. Wait a second. First of, all, first of all, first of all, first of Joe, why are you so angry? It's your talk show. Relax. Take it easy. You guys are condescending and you think you're hot. Joe, Joe. Joe, don't be so angry. Relax. Joe, sports, oh, is, cut you off. sports is supposed to be fun. Why are you getting so mad? So there's been a couple of controversies during the run of Mike and the Mad Dog, and I figured I'd highlight a couple of them that are personal to me. And the first one I want to highlight is the flight cancellation during the 2000 NBA Eastern Conference Finals. On May 30th, 2000, the Knicks beat the Pacers in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And Francesa and Russo were supposed to board a plane to Indianapolis to host Mike and the Mag Dog there. However, the flight got canceled and the next flight did not have first class seats available since Francesa rode first class only on planes. He walked away from the airport and went to the studio. Uh, Chris was upset, and later that day, uh, Mad Dog exploded during a closed-door meeting with management. According to Chris, that was the worst fight they ever had, and the two didn't talk or even look at each other during commercial breaks for two and a half months. Francesca said he went on vacation during the summer of 2000 and told FAN that he was either going to do a show by himself or he was leaving because Mike and the Mad Dog was over. And without his knowledge, his bride-to-be at the time had invited Chris to the wedding and she got back together, Mike and the Mad Dog, before they ever split up. When Mike and Chris, when Mike got married that summer to Roe. As some of you may or may not know, I worked at the JCC in my hometown for the longest time. And for those of you who don't understand what a JCC is, it's a Jewish community center. Um, the day after September 11th, 01, uh, Mike and Chris got a caller into the station talking about he would defend Israel over the United States. And uh, Phil Mushnick, a writer, uh, decided to take what was said during the conversation and say that Mike and Chris were being anti-Semitic saying that they wanted to require all Jewish Americans to have an oath of allegiance to the United States when the conversation only was, why would you protect Israel over the United States when you live in the United States? It's not the... uh type of thing that you expect to hear on a sports radio station but at the time you know 
all of us were in fear. I know exactly where I was when that day happened. I was in second period uh, art, watching it on TV, and then third period science in my se in seventh grade. It was like one week into school. So I remember that and how scared I was then. And finally, since I opened up the show with this, the Don Imus controversy with Rutgers. So Mike and Chris opened up the show April 10th, 07, by weighing in on the Don Imus com uh, conversation and the disparaging comments that he made about the Rutgers women's basketball team. They started the program with a statement from Coach Stringer and the team captain, uh, Essence Carson, at a news conference held uh, two hours before the show. Mike followed up with a monologue in which he fatly denied rumors of a gag order and affected FAN and confirmed that the decision to air portions of the Rutgers news conference at the top of the show had been made in consultation with program director Mark Chernoff. Frazessa went on to clarify that while he had spoken to Imus a few days after the incident in question, his discussions with Imus had no bearing on with how he reported the matter with Mike and the Mad Dog. Anyways, as Mike and Chris talked about the situation, uh, Mad Dog felt that it was Imus's, uh, Imus's defense was not done properly and there was no excuse for the comments that he made but he should have issued a public apology within 48 hours of making his comments and uh both mike and chris felt that uh imus went too far with his comments and uh they uh also they didn't think that firing Imus was a good idea, but a two-week suspension was a slap on the wrist. And despite all this, uh, on April 12th, Mike announced in the afternoon that Don Imus was dismissed from CBS Radio and his cancellation of his MSNBC telecast the previous day on this tuesday the 19th day of march the year 2002 the mark malusis chris calling combo across the way as we talk about the world of sports the mike and Amanda dog show we have a new group on the board today mike we're looking forward to the relationship nice to have everybody with us 718-937-6666 well 14 years later the Mike and the Mad Dog Show takes a new little twist, and that is uh, simulcast on the Yes Network, which we know you've heard about in the last couple of months. It has been discussed, obviously, everywhere, including in this battle for Yankee telecasts and this battle between the Yes Network and Cablevision. Part of it has been that Dog and I would join a, uh, along and be part of it, and they will simulcast our show except when they're playing day games. Uh, every day from 1 to 6.30, so as they do in the studio with Imus, uh, which Imus sits right here where I sit, 
Uh, Charles sits to Imus's right, Dog sits to my left, he has forever, and uh, away we go with a program, which is going to be our regular radio program, but, you know, augmented with a couple of things that uh, enhance the television, and the Yes people have put together some pretty graphics, a nice open there to New York Beautiful skyline, Madison Square Excellent Garden. Excellent backgrounds behind you here, yeah. me with a Yankee trophy right here at the Yes Network, good. what a joke that is. You look good superimposed over Yankee Stadium, I mean, Dog, it's Yankee, about time. Yankee... So I don't have to tell you guys that Mike and Chris were on Yes from 2002 to 2008. And up until that point, I didn't know what Mike and the Mad Dog looked like. I just knew their godlike voices of sports. And uh, some of the more memorable moments for me listening to Mike and the Mad Dog were from watching them on Yes get after getting out of school and getting home at like 2:30 in 8th grade and that's how I typically consumed Mike and the dog unless I was listening to them in the car somewhere and uh they had uh I loved when they had studio guests and I also loved the phone interviews, but some of the more emotional moments for me were caught on uh, tape, like the very final show, which we'll listen to now. All right, dog, you better not be on a cell phone. Uh, Mike, I'm not on a cell phone. I got two things to say. Yankee yeah. baseball, go Kansas City. <laughs> go Kansas City this weekend. And I tell you, after that wonderful 15 minutes that you did, which I don't know what to add to it, I'm also staying for five more years. <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin it now. They got too many good stories out of it. Oh, my. They did. They got a lot of stories. Listen, I, uh, I think the two things that I need to address is that there's this lingering thought that I'm leaving because of you and I not getting along. And I... And that is not the reason. I, I know you know that. I called you Wednesday night to tell you that again. I know you know that. And uh, I think the audience is a little hesitant. They think that maybe I'm leaving because you and I were fighting in the spring. That's not it. Uh, 48, uh, it's time for a little change for me personally. I think this will both do us a little good. I think, you, I think, you'll, be, I think you'll do very well. I, think you'll be, I can tell you a challenge. Looking forward to it. You know, whatever I decide to do, and I haven't yet quite, I mean, listen, you know, sooner or later you're going to find out what I'm going to do. But I think that I just need a little challenge in my life, a little something different. I just think that at the, it was the right move at the right time. Now, I don't know how to handle what you just said there because you did a wonderful job. Uh, I feel basically the same way you do. Uh, I mean, I, I love that talk show. Uh, I love those fans. You love the fans, too. Everybody says uh, Chris loves the fans. My Mike loves the fans. I, I sat there for all those years. I saw you sign all those autographs. I mean, I, you love the fans. So, and I love the fans, too. So I'm going to miss that. Uh, I'm going to miss the hotness of that New York topic, which you and I really got into, whether it would be you know, Piazza. I was thinking about that today. Lenny Dykstra a long, long time ago for Sam Well. I mean, a million things that you and I have done. Even the tragedy of Corey Lytle. I mean, a million things. I'm going to miss all that. And this is a very, very tough call. This was not a decision that was made because, you know, you know what, I don't like FAN. FAN's not treating me well. Mike and me are fighting. That's not it. 
I just felt at this point in time, I just felt right now I, I, it was it was time to try a little something different. Uh, you will, I, again, I think it will help the both of us in a lot of ways. Um, there was many a year that you were you and I were on. We did a wonderful show, and I think that people who thought the show had reached its peak, I don't even believe that. I think you and I did a good job in the spring despite our problems. Uh, I think that you and I with the big moment were still as good as anybody. People don't realize how long five and a half hours is. I know Mike. He knows me better than Mike knows Roe and better than I know Jeannie. I mean, the bottom line. Mike knew me before he knew Roe. Before he had three kids, I knew Mike. Before I had four kids, I knew my wife. So, it's... You know, it wasn't an easy call. I'm going to miss that show. Uh, I, I, I wanted to stay. I didn't listen this morning. I, I didn't think it was the. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't listen to the calls this morning. I didn't. I didn't want to listen. Uh, you know, dog. One guy today said, "Because I'm going to break the mood here. Because you're going to make me cry, and I'm never going to forgive you." But. Um, one guy said today that we were like the breakup of the Beatles, Eddie told me when we walked in. But Eddie said, be comfortable, because the guy said you were John. And I said, oh, good, as long as dog was Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was probably the first time I felt loss of a big kind in my whole entire life. Mike and the Mad Dog were like another part of my family where I took comfort personally in it could be they could be talking about football which I really don't care about or golf or tennis just that back and forth that familiarity of them going back and forth is what I gravitated towards and I know a lot of the listeners gravitated towards even some of the hosts at WFAN who currently work there now, like Evan Roberts, who is around my age, grew up listening to Mike and the Mad Dog and felt that way. Um, it really was like losing someone that you loved. And I could never possibly understand that until later on which you guys know that story for me but it's not easy being in a partnership in a friendship in a in a marriage and you got to work at it and there were times where Mike and Chris actually did shows that nobody noticed that they weren't actually talking to each other they were talking to the audience not to each other and they wouldn't you know, talk to each other on air or or did talk to each other on air but didn't talk to each other off air where one of them during commercial breaks would always leave the studio and nobody noticed because they were just that good. I loved that show. I'm actually sad that it's not around today and it's been, God, almost 13 years now since Mike and Chris went their separate ways. 
Mike staying at FAN for a long time, retiring, then unretiring, then re-retiring, and Mad Dog over at SiriusXM with the Mad Dog Unleashed channel and at the MLB Network with his uh, show High Heat. So I, I can still get a little bit of my Mike and Chris. Um, who I do enjoy now as a supplement for Mike and Chris is actually a relatively new show, which is uh, Carton and Roberts. Craig Carton, Evan Roberts. Craig Carton, formerly of the Boomer and Carton show in the mornings. And uh, Evan Roberts, formerly of Joe and Evan, working together. They have that kind of sort of almost Mike and the Mad Dog zaniness and matter-of-factness of Mike and Chris. Although not to Mike's pompousness of knowing everything and ev anything and everything about sports. And not to the zaniness of Chris, although it's pretty close. Uh, but as I say, all good things must come to an end. And before we get out of here, make sure you check out Sci-Fi Distilled. Hosted by Mary Beth and Mike, my friends. They have a YouTube channel, Facebook Watch, and they're on Anchor and a bunch of other places. Go check out Roy's Tie-Dye Sci-Fi. They got some pretty cool stuff coming up. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure that you also follow us on Facebook at FezTalks-Podcast. Instagram and Twitter at FezTalks. And if you want to get a hold of us the old-fashioned way, and I do like when you guys send emails, FezTalks at gmail.com. And as we get out of here, let's listen to Mike talk about exactly what I've been saying this whole entire podcast, basically about Mike and the Mad Dog. And I know for many of you, and for me, and I know for Dog, this is a very sad occasion. You know, radio, what makes radio so special is that it allows you into people's lives in a very personal way. They feel your anger. They get angry with you. They feel your pain when something goes wrong in your life. They're jubilant when good things happen. Over 19 years, we've experienced a lot here. Not only our fights that were very public, and that is the part that seems to get accentuated, but remember, five or six Nasty squabbles in 19 years is not that many. We've gone through marriages. We've gone through the birth of seven children. We've gone through the passing of loved ones. We've gone through some very memorable days and with you, with us, all the while. 
and thankfully we were able to be here all those years and to become very much the fabric, a part of the fabric of this great city and really part of the foundation. As someone who called me last night said that you and Dog became the sports soundtrack of everybody's lives in New York over the last 20 years. That Mike and the Mad Dog became a must-listen was something that was always appreciated, I don't think ever taken for granted, 